Well, good evening, bonsoir. Pardon my French. Um, let's go to Second Kings chapter six. Second Kings chapter six. And we'll start in verse 25. Chapter 6, verse 25. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my, uh, my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes and he passed by upon the wall. And the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. Then he said, God, do so and more also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. Let's pray. Lord, I'm asking you right now, you'd fill me with your wisdom, your power, and your spirit. I ask you, Lord, that you'd open our understanding. Lord, I ask that each person, you'd help them to be attentive and sensitive to the working of the Holy Spirit. Render our hearts submitted and sensitive to the Word of God, to the Holy Spirit. Help us to do exactly what you want us to do. If there's somebody in here not saved, touch their heart. Draw them to you. Help them to see their lost condition. Help them to trust the blood of Jesus as their Savior. Lord, I'm asking you also that you'd help each believer to be edified. Help us to grow. Increase our faith, Lord. Most of all, Lord, glorify yourself. I'm asking you to do a special work of grace that'll make a difference in the lives of millions of people because of the decisions made tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, this is a terrible story. You say, what, what does this have to do with missions? Well, they're in a terrible situation. It was a grievous problem. They were starving. They were under siege by the Syrians. And just in the chapter before, the uh, Syrians had wandered and stumbled upon uh, a trap. Elisha was telling the king of Israel every time the Syrians had laid uh, ambushes for his, the army and and the king of Syria said, who is telling you? Is there a bird that's flying from my chamber and going and tell somebody? Uh, how does he know these things? They said, the man of God, Elisha, he knows. He's telling him. So they went to trap him. And, and you may know the story how that Elisha, um, in the morning, his servant goes out and he sees the great army around. And he comes in and tries to tell Elisha, hey, we're in trouble. He says, those, they that be with us are uh, more than those that are against us. Now, maybe he went in there, one, two, and he goes out there and counts. He did the math. He realized that wasn't the case. And then Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. And when he opened his eyes so he could see, there is chariots of fire on the mountains 
all around. And maybe he said, come on, Elisha, what are you waiting for? Let's go out there and attack. And that's how we are. Sometimes we live by sight as opposed to by faith. Elisha, he knew. He was, insensi- he was sensitive and he was in tune with the Lord. Well, then when the, uh, he brought, they came around and he blinded, he prayed and God blinded these guys. So imagine the whole army is blinded. Well, now the army of Israel is there, and the king wanted to slaughter these guys. He says, no, let's feed them. So they took food from Israel and fed these guys, and they sent them out. Seemed like an insane thing to do, but that's a pretty godly thing to do, amen? We're to bless our enemies. We're to be showing how good God is through us so others will see um, our good works and glorify the Father. Well, now we're in the next chapter, and they're starving, and the very Syrians that they fed with their own food have come back. Now, they don't have enough food. The Syrians are there sieging them, and a famine is in the land, and so he blamed Elisha. It was a terrible thing. They were devouring one another within. It sounds a lot like the world today, amen? It's a terrible situation. We need to do something, but what can be done? In man's eyes, it's impossible. They're eating, and they're spending a fortune for stuff that to us is worthless. Now, let's go to the next chapter. So first, we saw the grievous problem, but now we'll see a given promise. In chapter 7, verse 1, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this same time, shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. I mean, they thought, how in the world could that happen? There's doubters. We could say, look, we could get a church started in Quaticook, and souls can be saved. But a lot of people say, man, that's tough. It's not been happening, and the chance of it happens is not too good. But there's one that said he'd do it. Amen? And then we need some, we need some good uh, uh, preaching, and churches started in uh, the Gambia, La Gambi. And then we need churches over in Toronto with all the souls that are there. And I'll cross Africa, across the Northeast, up into Canada. We need souls. God's looking down, and he's got the solution. Amen? Tonight, we saw four missionary families. We've seen four, in man's eyes, unlikely answers to the problem, the need. There's people starving to hear the word of God. There's a famine in their souls. And their life is terrible, and it's destructive, as we saw here in Israel, eating their own children. Lying to each other. It was a terrible life to be living. There's people around the world, and we have the answer. Part of that answer is the four missionary families. We are sinners that have been saved by grace. We don't deserve to be here today. We don't deserve to have Jesus as our Savior. If we looked at our lives before Jesus saved us, we're like lepers. Lepers are outcasts in Israel as you read the scriptures. And so, uh, so your name is Corey. What, what does Corey mean in the Nepali language? Now, isn't that interesting? One of the lepers is here. We're, we're all four lepers, amen? Well, let's see what God says happened with these four lepers. Let's, then, uh, in verse 2, first of all, then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. There will be scoffers. There'll be doubters. There'll be people that will oppose what God wants to do. God had the answer, and today God has the answer for the world. 
Over 7 billion souls. I believe with all my heart if every born-again Christian would reach our potential in giving the gospel, living a godly life, praying, growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and constantly just being what we ought to be and witnessing as God gives us opportunity that we could reach every soul on this planet in our generation. I have no doubt about it, but the problem is we're not doing what we ought to do. And you say, well, who am I? What am I? Well, I'm going to show you some guys that seem very unlikely candidates that saved the day. Maybe you think, well, who am I? I'm a nothing. Well, you're a good candidate, amen? The four missionary families were good candidates. If God will lead us and guide us and empower us with God, nothing's impossible. God wants you to reach everyone in the circle of your life. For, for those that are in Toronto, they can't be over here reaching the souls. We're, they're dependent on you. And from the, uh, the Gambia, they're depending on you to reach your Jerusalem, which is the uttermost part of the world for them. And for, for, from Quaticook and from across Africa and from New Jersey, New Jersey is the uttermost part of the world, amen? And from all those areas, we're depending on you to reach your area. And you think, well, you're missionaries. You're supposed to go and do it. Well, you're supposed to reach your area also, Amen. Well, let's see what happened with these. Uh, so first of all, we saw the grievous um, problem, and then we saw the given promise by Elisha that there'll be plenty of food at a very affordable price. And then we'll see a gateside proposition here. Let's look in verse 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? That's what we're saying. We're not going to just sit in America until the Lord takes us. There's something we need to do. We need to get out. We need to get the gospel out. We need your prayers. We need you to be doing your part as we do our part. Amen? Then it says here in verse uh, 4, they reasoned amongst themselves. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us... We shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight. We're not just talking about it. We're planning on going. Amen? But we need your prayers. And we need you to be faithful in your local church to do what you need to do. Amen? We want to see every soul on the face of the earth to be evangelized, to hear the gospel, to have the opportunity to be saved and then baptized and then grounded in the word of God in a local church. Everyone ought to be doing their part. I can't do your part for you. And you can't do my part for me. But all of us can do our own part. These four lepers, they said, let's go. And it might seem when we first get there, I'm sure you'll go. There's times when I was in Africa, Lord, do you really want me here? I mean, there's sometimes I was doubting. I had my issues about it. But God just gave me the peace, and I just kept on going, and then Jesus built his church. I'm glad he didn't say that we would build his church. I'm glad he didn't say he would build our church. I'm glad he didn't say we would build our church. He said he will build his church. And he, it's impossible for God to lie. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? You need to trust him. He has already built this church here, and it's not done yet. He still continues to work through this local church, but he wants to go through we four lepers, so to speak. Amen? To bring life, to bring hope, to save the day, in a sense, in whatever area God brings us. So, 
It was a twilight delight, I put. I wrote in my notes on the side here. And they rose up, verse 5, in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, I mean, they're thinking, are the armies waiting for us? Are they going to kill us? Are they going to arrest us? What are they going to do? So they come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria. Behold, there is no man there. Are they hiding? Is it a trap? Verse 6, for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. I guarantee if each of us will go as God wants us to go, we'll have divine appointments. God in his sovereignty will do some wonderful things. About three weeks ago, my wife and I, we went to go out and visit an African lady that was from Nigeria that is come and visited the church at Solid Rock. So we were going to her home. It was a Saturday. Her name is Grace, but she wasn't home. On the way back to the car, I saw a lady sitting in a car. Her name is Lauren. And so I handed her a track, invited her to church. And I said, we're just going around seeing if there's anybody that's searching for God and anybody wants to know for sure that they're going to heaven. And she starts weeping. She says, I'm going through so much. She says, I was just saying this morning, I need to go to church tomorrow. A divine appointment, amen. I'm just a dumb leper walking out and I fell on the treasure, amen. There's people that will be open to God as God works. And he was already preparing their heart. I pray ahead of time, Lord, prepare people's hearts and then lead me across their path. And I'll do my best to be faithful. When I first got to Africa, there's a man named Albert that I met. And the way I met him was I, I was going door to door and uh, I was praying. I said, God, you lead me to somebody and I'll t- I'm going to give the gospel clearly and fully to anybody and everybody you cross my path with today. And so I went out there and I'm knocking on doors and I just turned, I finished at one door and a man walked by and, and, um, this was in Ivory Coast, Cote d'Ivoire. And he just passed me. He's about 10 feet beyond. I thought, oh, well, he's gone. But then my heart convicted me. I'd promised God I'd talk to anybody who crossed my path. And this guy certainly crossed my path. So I run after him. And in French, I told him, I said, here, this is a track. It shows how you could know for sure. If you die today, you go in heaven. He says, really? He says, this is strange. About a month ago, he says, I've had Muslims talk to me. I've had Catholics. I've had animists. I've had Buddhists, all kinds of people. I don't know what the truth is. And I was praying, whoever the true God is, please help me to know who you are. Send somebody and here you come along. Amen. They're out there. God sees where they are. We need to trust God. Be led of God. Those four lepers did not know what would happen. They just went and on a whim and God was already at work. You need to trust God. How many of you believe that God has all power? Jesus said in Matthew 28 that all power, all authority is given to him in heaven and in earth. How many of you believe that? I, mean, I, I, I believe it. If I could lift my other foot, I would. I, mean, I believe it completely. How many of you believe he even has enough power to use you to give the gospel to somebody and he could save their soul? How many of you believe that? Why don't we put him to the test? Why don't we just start praying? Let's give the rest of our life. Lord, give me divine appointments every week. Lord, I'm going to be faithful to try to at least give my testimony a track. You'd be amazed to see what God would do. Anyway, this man, Albert, says, could you come to my house and, and show me from the, because I told him I could show him from the Bible how he could know how to go to heaven. Could you come to my house and show me that? I said, sure. Where do you live? Just around the corner. So we walked and we walked and we walked. It was a mile and a half. They have big corners there. Amen. <laughs> Walking is not a big deal to a lot of the folks there. So anyway, we got there and I sat down about 45 minutes later. He said, 
I believe that Jesus Christ is a savior and I want to receive him as my savior. And he got saved. His wife was sitting on the other side of the room. She says, I want to be saved too. She got saved. They came in, they got baptized and they were faithful in church and they were a real blessing. I came back at 90 for furlough. And when I went back, I found that Albert had died. I'm so glad that I was sensitive to the leading of God. Now, would he have heard the gospel? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I do know that God led me. God will lead you. God led these guys. Look, look, look what happened here. It says, verse uh, 7, Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, talking about the Syrian army, and left their tents and their horses, and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried ten silver. They went out and they saw the treasure. They saw a gold mine, literally, and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried tents also and went and hid it. Verse 9. Then said they one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. That's when we send our prayer letters back and tell you what God's been doing. Amen. That's when we share with you what God's prepared and God has done and allowed us to experience and be part of. It says, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. So they came back, and they said, We got good news. The answer to the problem is there. But the problem is there's a lot of Christians in our day that don't care. A missionary can come and talk to them, and it's not going to move them. It's not going to change their belief. It's not going to get them to try to be involved in what God wants. And that's what was happening here in a different sense, but it's still happening in 12. And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. I mean, the devil's going to try to discourage us and stop us from doing what God wants us to do. So, are they they've gone out of their camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and, and get into the city. And one of the servants answered and said, let, let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they're even, I mean, we're all going to die. We're going to starve to death anyway. So just take them out and see. Verse 14. They took, therefore, two chariot horses. Instead of the five, they only ate two. And the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. But he didn't believe. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. You saw the slide presentations or the videos. You saw that there's a burden. There's a need. There's souls. There's a work to be done. God is able to work. He's going to do something. I'm asking you, increase your faith. Study the word of God. Ask God to increase and pray and believe. Do your part and help us through prayer so we can do our part. Amen. Verse 16. And the people went out and spoiled the tents. I'm sorry, verse at the end of 15. Anyway, they came back and told the king everything. 16, the people went out and spoiled the tents of Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. Now, this was the scoffer, the doubter. It's not going to happen. Now he's saying, I'm the boss now. I'm gonna, this is how it's done now. He wanted to take over the missions program, maybe. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. And, and, it's, and as the man of God said, if God's word says something, it's true. Now, this obviously was not intended to be a missions passage originally, but as I got studying, I said, that's a pretty good illustration, though. 
It's, it really shows God is working. God has the answer. We might feel like we're lepers, incapable. God's able to do the impossible. What can God, if he can use those four lepers to feed that city, he can use all of us to help give the bread of life to a lot of lost souls. You've heard of the story, A Tale of Two Cities, is the best times, the worst times. Well, this is, a, is two tales of one city, Samaria. Let's go to John chapter 4, the same Samaria. The second tale, another tale for the one city, Samaria. We saw God did it physically and fed somebody. But in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, she was lost. There was a famine spiritually in the land. There were pagans. They were mixed up. They were worshiping all kinds of things. He said, you, your fathers tell you this, and we, we worship God this way. And Jesus says he's seeking the true worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. And so then he talks to that Samaritan woman. Uh, first of all, let's go four, verse three and four. Chapter four, verse three and four. And, and this part's, I'm drawn to a close right here. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee and he must needs go through Samaria. He's like the lepers. He was re- despised and rejected of men. But he went there and because he went there, what happened? That woman got saved, amen? And she was like a leopard. She was an outcast. She was a pretty sinful, uh, uh, wicked lady. And yet God used her. He did it again. Amen. Bible talks about going to Samaria. I remember one time I was preaching and just on the spot, I like puns. Uh, The pastor already knows that. But God wants every one of us to go to Samaria. Did you know that? This is one area. Africa's another. Toronto's another. You could go to some area or another. S-O-M-E. You need to go to some area. Amen. That's another some area. But anyway... Um, let's go to verse 28. Hurry up here. I know I don't want to punish you with those puns. Anyway, the woman then left her water pot. Jesus witnessed to her. She understood he's the Messiah, left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? She took the truth she had and she went to others and gave the gospel. Amen. Look then in verse 30. 5 and 36 to close. And that's 7, 35 through 37. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. You lifted up your eyes today, and you saw the, these presentations, and you saw that the harvest is ripe already. I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together as you send your many missionaries out. You got a wall full of them. As you send those missionaries out, they're sowing, you're reaping with them as souls get saved. And when we stand before the Lord, everything you've done to help your local church, to be able to help the, the gospel get around the world, you will be reaping together. Pray for your missionaries. Not just us four, but since we were here and the four was the lepers, I thought, well, that, that can work, but... All of us, every missionary, every evangelist, every pastor, be praying. And then verse 7, and herein is that saying true, one soweth, another reapeth. The Lord has a plan for you. Like I said, that Lady Grace, we went looking for her. She wasn't there. We found Lauren. And that day I said to Lauren, do you know how to be saved? She says, I, 
no, I don't. And I showed her. I said, now, what do you think about that? She says, I'm ready. I said, do you, are you sure you understand? I want to be saved now. She asked the Lord to save her soul. She says, I need to start coming to church. That was three weeks ago. So the lady was saved by grace in two ways. Amen. I was looking for that older lady, Grace. And it was through grace that I found Lauren. Amen. But it's through the grace of God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, his death on the cross. God has folks. He's looking down. If only somebody would reach them with the gospel. Somebody you know, maybe God's put them on your heart already. Pray for them. Text them. Give them a track. Give them your testimony. Maybe you've already witnessed to them. Maybe this time they're ready. Maybe you've been watering. What does God want you to do? Pastor, would you come, please?